Hi, everyone. It's Melinda Garvey with the See It To Be It podcast. This week, we have another great interview with an incredible role model. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the See It To Be It podcast. I'm your host, Melinda Garvey, and really excited to be with you again this week with yet another incredible role model. What I love about this is that role models come in all shapes and sizes and all ages and levels of experience. And today we actually have quite a young woman who is every bit of an incredible role model as we've been featuring these past couple of years. And I'm really, really excited and proud to have her on the show today. Her name is Miracle Olatunji, and she is a student. Uh, She is a sophomore, are you a sophomore in college? Is that right? Yes, I am. Entrepreneur, author, and just generally passionate about helping women and girls see their potential in advance. So welcome, Miracle. So happy to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Of course, we are during the COVID-19 pandemic. This podcast will live on long, long, God willing, after we are all out of this shelter in place. But certainly it impacts the conversation and, and where we are and what we're doing and how we're feeling about things. So you are actually not in school right now, I guess. Or are you doing online school? Because I know your university you know, has sent everybody home. Yeah, so I'm actually on co-op this semester, so I've been working from home. I brought my work laptop. That's what I've been doing since I got back. Well, that's wonderful that you've got that and have family to shelter in place with. So before we kind of jump into what you're doing today, I'd like you to go back. And you don't have to go back very far because you are quite young. But just think about when you were growing up. What was your big dream? What did you think you were going to be doing? Or what did you think you wanted to do when you grew up? Great question, by the way. So that question of what do you want to be when you grow up? For me, as a child, I always felt that like that was the big question. I needed to be able to have like a specific and like perfect answer to that question. And like I always went back and forth between different things. I went from like I said I wanted to be a doctor, I wanted to be a journalist, I had wanted to be a supermodel, I wanted to be all these different things. Supermodel, like, I like that. <laughs> kept going back and forth, and I just didn't really know. But I was the kind of child who was like very creative and very imaginative. So I always like tried to keep an open mind for like the possibilities of like what I could be. So that's kind of how I was when I was little. That's awesome. And tell us a little bit about what you're doing today because you're doing so many different things. I mean, like I said, you're an author. I know that, you know, you're doing stuff to help young women and you've actually built some companies. So I just would love to sort of talk about, you know, what it is you're doing and how you sort of got into these things. What drove you? So what drove me particularly into entrepreneurship in high school, I did this program called the Diamond Challenge, and it's this entrepreneurship program for high school students. And through that program, I got to meet a lot of young people from literally every country around the world that you could imagine. And it was such a great experience to connect with all these young change makers who are making a difference in their communities and like building companies, building nonprofits that were helping others. And so in my junior year, I started an organization called Opportunity and Opportunity was started to help high school students find summer programs because as a high school student, I loved to spend my summers, you know, going to programs at various colleges and companies and just getting to learn about different career paths. Like one program in particular that I really loved was at MIT. It was called the Engineering Experience Program. And I had such a blast. I made friends that I'm still in contact with today. And I just got to learn more about like entrepreneurship and about how you can create things that can help other people. And so I was really inspired by these experiences. And I thought, why aren't more people having these opportunities? So I wanted to create a platform for students to be able to find these programs and just have great experiences like I was having. 
So that's kind of what drove me to start Opportunity. And since then, I've been involved with like, you know, entrepreneurship. And, you know, you and I were talking a little bit earlier about like women's empowerment. Like a lot of the work that I do is around women's empowerment. So that's what like brings me purpose and like brings me joy in my life. And so when did you develop, let's talk specifically about, you know, the women's empowerment movement, you know, what was the spark for you, your focus on that? So I would say the spark for me was when I was also in high school. My mom and I went to an event and the event was called Women Empowered to Financially Thrive. And through this event, my eyes were sort of like open to the issues and the gender disparities, especially in terms of finances. And the fact we all know about the wage gap, but one gap that a lot of people don't talk about is the investing gap. One of the ways for building wealth is investing. And oftentimes, like majority of women, like we have savings accounts, but not very many women have like a brokerage or like investment account. And a lot of that knowledge is like, you know, they very much in our world, in our society, the focus is on like educating men about these topics. And there's not really an emphasis on women. And so for me, that's how I got like very inspired and like passionate about like financial empowerment for women and just like gender equality as a whole. So that's kind of what the spark was for me. That's awesome. And you actually are in the process of forming or you're working on a new idea for a company that is really about financial empowerment for women. Yep, exactly. It's called Her Wallet Media. I'm working on launching it soon. And essentially the mission is to create and share resources and knowledge and ultimately like build this community for women to learn about building their net worth, building their network and their self-worth. Well, and I think that we often see, you know, the wage gap and this investing gap and everything. And that gap is larger for women of color. And I think it's important to put a lens on that and really understand that we need to have, you know, women like you who are developing these programs and attracting women of color as well and making sure that we're closing the gap for them as well. So I think it's tremendous what you're doing. Thank you. I totally agree with you on that. Yes. So you, we have a book too. When I want to talk about your book, it's just sort of like dumbfounding. I'm like, wait, wait, but there's more, there's more. <laughs> Tell us about your book and then we'll figure out where we can find it. So the book is titled Purpose, How to Live and Lead with Impact. The book was published in July of last year. Basically, I say that the book is for anyone and everyone who wants to live and lead a life of more purpose and they want to have more impact in their communities and in their companies and organizations and ultimately like what is the impact that they want to have on the world. Like I truly believe that each and every one of us has the potential to do awesome things in this world and we can leave the world just a little bit better than it was when we first met it. And so the book is basically broken up into seven chapters and each chapter goes over what I call the purpose framework. So like the word purpose is like broken down as an acronym. So for example, the first chapter is like P, personal experiences. So I talk about how our personal experiences shape our perception of the world and like how we can use our experiences, both good and bad, to like make a change. So for example, like one of the common reasons why a lot of these big companies are started is because someone noticed a problem. Like they had an experience where like there was something inconvenient or there was something that could be made better. And they were ultimately able to like ideate and like problem solve and create a solution. So I talk a little bit about that. And then like, it just keeps on going up until like E, which is like entrepreneurial mindset. And so like in that chapter, I talk about how like an entrepreneurial mindset isn't about like starting the next Uber or like starting the next Facebook. Ultimately, it's really about thinking how you can use your skills and your talents to like make a difference. And it doesn't have to be like anything crazy big, but it can even be like helping your neighbor, like doing something to help in your community. So that's kind of how I structured the book. And it's meant to be in such a way that it's like, you know, a guide for anyone. Like, I don't really say specifically, oh, this is for this kind of audience. I feel like anyone can get value from it. And where can you find the book? Is it on Amazon? 
Yeah, so the book is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Awesome. Well, it sounds wonderful. And I have to say, I'm just sitting here listening to you. And I keep sort of having to, you know, startle myself back into, oh my gosh, she's only a sophomore in college. I mean, <laughs> you really, I mean, you just not only sound wise beyond your years, certainly, but I just think it's amazing the leadership qualities that you have because, you know, certainly it is so critical for the young women of today to be able to step up and become leaders. It's a little different. It's, it's challenging right now. I think there's a lot of motivation to do it, but you know, having younger women that they can see who are doing that is really critically important. For sure. I know that you were recently featured in a Melinda Gates video on gender inequality. And I actually read her book recently and they say the same thing in the book about we might not see gender equality for almost another 208 years if things keep going how they're going. Yeah. Although, you know, I'm in this space like you are. And of course, I know things aren't moving quick enough and the needle's not moving. And I see that all the time. But to see that number, tell me how that made you feel. I was so shocked. Like, even when we were filming the video, they were telling us a little bit of background about the project and about the research. So that number was found by like the World Economic Forum. They did a study. And when they told me that, like my jaw literally dropped. I was like, oh my goodness, that's insane. I couldn't believe it. What are some of the things that you feel like will help change the narrative, change the statistic, particularly, you know, when it comes to gender equality? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So recently this organization called Women Deliver, they had a campaign called Hashtag Bigger Boulder. And so it was kind of talking about some of the things that Melinda Gates in this project we were talking about where it's going to take about like 208 years for gender equality to be a reality in the U.S. One of the ways that we can like make that time frame a lot smaller is that we need to be taking bigger and bolder steps and actions towards advancing gender equality. So like, for example, being more intentional about like, you know, equal pay. Because like, I feel like the financial inequalities are a very big aspect of it because yes. it really impacts the quality of life and the level of opportunities that like women are able to pursue. So I think like really honing in on like having more financial and like professional development and growth opportunities for women, just like being more inclusive in the corporate world, especially, I think is just like a really big step that needs to be taken. We're starting to see it in finance. I think it's changing a lot at like the analyst level, but we need to see more at like the C level of the company. Yes, absolutely. Another arm of our company is a software platform that is sort of made to do just that, really give equal opportunity to women and other diverse individuals within large organizations, large companies, corporate America. Such a deficit there. And I think that's really huge. And one of the things that I talk about as well is sometimes, and certainly I've been guilty of this, I've been in the women's space for a long time, and you put all women in a bucket, you know, and you think, okay, well, all women equally. But because there is such a discrepancy with women of color, you know, I've been encouraging white women to become allies because I think it's super important not to miss the fact that a lot of these programs and some of these career development advancement are helping white women first. And we have that obligation to make sure that we are carrying that forward and that we are bringing women of color along with us. Yeah, it's definitely a collective effort. We all need to like work together and like make this change. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. You know, and I think that women have been living in scarcity for such a long time that sometimes it's hard for us to build those networks and those connections and feel comfortable promoting others, but we've really got to take that mindset. And I think that a lot of the stuff that you're doing and talking about is, is really helping, especially helping, you know, young women seeing that we're all in this together. Let's worry about the collective. Exactly. I love that. The collective. <laughs> so what do you see as some of the greatest 
hurdles that women are facing in the workplace? You know, what are you hearing about? I know you talked about the C-suite a little bit, but what kinds of things are you hearing about? So I'm hearing a lot about like unconscious biases. I mentioned I'm on co-op this semester and like my roommate it was also working this semester. And so one thing that we would do is like we noticed that there's this thing sort of like internalized misogyny. And essentially what we believe it to be is that like in society, we get all these messages about like, you know, who is a leader? And like typically when you hear that, like you often think like a more masculine men. And even like we would call each other out whenever we noticed that we were like experiencing internalized misogyny. For example, like she had told me a while ago that her boss was a woman but like you know with the internalized misogyny I'd said like oh he it's like we always like watch each other for that and we're like oh you know we shouldn't like give in and like start believing these messages that we're hearing from society about like who a leader should be and like who a leader isn't so it's all about like changing that narrative around you know who should be in positions of power and like who's the boss and like who's a leader so I think that's a big challenge it's like it's very psychological in Mm -hmm. a way so I think that's one of the big challenges absolutely Well, and I love that you talk about this unconscious bias in the first person, because I think that sometimes, you know, we, again, in all these initiatives, we sort of say, oh, well, you know, white men have this unconscious bias against divert. And I'm not saying that there aren't issues there, but I think you're so right. It's a psychological thing. It's built, it's baked into us at a certain level. And so the best thing that we can do is to keep ourselves in check. Certainly, you know, we have to watch a greater whole, but really, you know, we all have it. Right. I mean, I myself, you know, making assumptions and doing stuff all the time just because that's just how we're built and we have to really fight against that. So I love that you took that to a personal level. I think that's critically important. And I think sometimes, you know, problem solvers tend to come in and, and, you know, we need to fix them. We need to fix all of us. Exactly. We all need fixing. (laughs) Yes, exactly. God knows. And after (laughs) sheltered in place for however long, we're going to need some serious fixing. Oh, for sure. That's another podcast. Okay, just what kind of advice, you know, when you're mentoring, and I think especially young women, when you're mentoring and talking to young women, Mm -hmm. some of those like best kernels of advice that maybe have been given to you and you pass along, what are some of those that you could share with us today? I would say that one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever gotten, well, two, the first one is that, you know, you are a very capable person, you have a lot of potential. But you have to realize that you can't go through life, you can't go through your career, you can't go through anything by yourself. So essentially, kind of like how a company has like a board of directors, you should have your own like personal board of directors, you know, like having advisors, career coaches, mentors, and then sponsors. Like I was told there's a difference between mentorship and sponsorship. So it's important to have those on your personal advisory board. So just like always have people that you can go to who inspire you, but also challenge you to be better and to keep on becoming the better version of yourself. And then secondly, I was recently at Deloitte University for the Deloitte Luminary Symposium. And basically they brought like hundreds of college sophomores together to learn from leaders from various backgrounds and industries. And one of the speakers that I really loved, he is an Olympian. He made history as the first like African-American to win a medal in Olympics. And so he was talking about his story and he said, his advice for us is to focus on your goals and not your obstacles. And essentially like I thought about that a little bit and I felt like it was very useful information and advice. Because I think oftentimes we're always thinking about why we can't do something 
rather we should think about why we can and like the potential that we have. And instead of focusing on like, oh, what are my limitations as a woman? What are my limitations as a person of color? How can I overcome that and like be focused on my goals and also like build a community of support around me so that I can achieve those goals faster? Um, so I thought that was really helpful advice. And I always share that advice mm-hmm. with like other young girls too. Yeah, that's very powerful advice. Thank you so much. As we're closing up here, I'd love to just get to know a little bit more about you personally. We'll do a quick little speed round to find out about you. So what does your morning routine look like? So I start off my day. I get out of bed. uh, Well, I'm still in bed, actually. Um, (laughs) I don't get out of bed just yet. I pray and I do like a devotional in the morning sort of like grounds me and like sets my intention for the day. And then after that, I like get up. I typically exercise. I try to exercise like twice a week. So if that's a day where I'm exercising, I'll go and I'll exercise. I'll drink water, have breakfast. I tend to like to do like my bigger assignments in the morning because I find that I'm like really focused. And because it's early, I don't have a lot of distractions. So I try to get like those bigger projects done first. So that's kind of like how my morning routine looks like. So what are you currently reading or listening to? So I really love podcasts. I've gone into podcasts lately, especially over this quarantine. (laughs) Um, So some of my favorite podcasts, Wall Street Journal has a really great one called Secrets of Wealthy Women. And they interview women from all different backgrounds, from like corporate executives to entrepreneurs to artists. And it's just so inspiring to hear their stories and to hear their advice about personal finances. I really love it because it's like an open forum for women to talk about a topic that's often like taboo. So I really love how they make it fun and interesting. And then I've been listening to Access and Opportunity with Carla Harris. She works at Morgan Stanley and she talks a lot about funding for entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs of color. She interviews different successful entrepreneurs and I love that podcast a lot. And then lastly, I've been listening to this podcast called How I Built This with Guy Raz. It's also one of my favorites as well. I have not listened to it yet, but I now I'm dying to listen to that. Yes. (laughs) It's fascinating. So many people have recommended it. So Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Okay. And last question. What's one thing you can't live without? Just one. Hmm. (laughs) I would say I can't live without my family and friends and like a support system around me. I feel like I can definitely not like go through life on my own and without having mentors and people around me to keep on encouraging me. So I would say that's what I can't live without. It's a good thing to not live without, that's for sure. I just want to make sure that our listeners can find more about you, you know, your book, what you're doing, and of course, your new project, Her Wallet Media, that you're going to be launching. I want everybody to be checking that out. So where can they go to find out about you? Sure. So I'm very active on Instagram at Miracle Olatunji. And then my, uh, for Her Wallet Media, the Instagram is at Her Wallet Media. And then you can reach me by email too, which is miracle.olatunji at gmail.com. I check my email pretty frequently. So I love when people reach out and I love chatting with new people. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. And Olatunji is spelled O-L-A-T-U-N-J-I. Everybody knows how to spell miracle. (laughs) (laughs) So hope everybody will reach out and follow you. And we certainly will be watching what you do next. You have a very long and beautifully winding road ahead of you. So thank you for all your contributions. And we will certainly be excited to follow you. Thank you, Melinda. Thanks for listening to the See It To Be It podcast. For more female empowerment, inspiration, and advice, subscribe to our free weekly newsletter featuring a new woman to watch each week. 
and check out over a thousand more featured women at onthedotwoman.com. Know someone we need to feature? Reach out at onthedotwoman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.